Church, it is so good to see everyone today. And you know what? Before we actually kick off what is going to be the start of a brand new series today called Ask Me Anything, I just want to do this really momentarily. I just want to say a big, huge thank you to every single girl and especially every single guy that was just around and about during the run up and the preparations to making everything Braveheart happen on Friday. Can we just give it up to every single one of our team and volunteers? that came early and stayed late. We love you. We're so appreciative of everything that you guys and girls do. You are amazing. So yeah, we're going to start a brand new series right now and it's called Ask Me Anything. Have you ever known what it's like sometimes to just kind of be in those interim moments where you know you've got a decision that you need to make and perhaps it's significant, perhaps it's important, but you just don't feel like you know which way to turn on it. Sometimes it's like you don't know whether you should buy or whether you should sell. You don't know whether you should turn left or turn right. You don't know whether you should make the career change or stay where you are. You don't know whether to start the business or continue on the career ladder. You don't know whether to have more children or to not. It's like decisions are things that every single one of us has to tackle at some point in our life. And wouldn't it just be easier if there was some kind of way of helping our decision-making progress happen in a way that just meant that there were less tears, less stress, and less anxiety. You know, I don't know about you, but technology's revolutionized pretty much all of our world, right? Um, We've got Alexa, and uh, we keep Alexa in the kitchen uh, at the top of the cupboard. And uh, just in case you're worried, no, no, it's not like a person that we've enslaved in our kitchen. It's a piece of kit available on Amazon. And Alexa can revolutionize your life. I mean, she will play you whatever music you want at any given time. And all you've got to do is just kind of ask. And you don't even have to ask politely. But she removes all of the stress of that decision-making, if you say, hey, play some random music, she will just do it for you so you don't even have to worry about that. It's just incredible. And now I've even heard, and we've not got it, but a friend of mine was telling me how you can even even have Alexa change like the, the, the lighting in your house now and do all kinds of crazy stuff. It's, it's so convenient, isn't it? When technology can help us just make some of the easiest decisions. I mean, not only is there Alexa, but there's also Siri. I mean, perhaps most people now have a smartphone and you can give Siri a shout at any given point of your day. If you want to know where a particular shop is, Siri can help you. If you want to know where a particular route is going to be less congested with regards to traffic, then Siri can help you. I mean, Siri can even help you remember your name. Hey, Siri, what's my name? Since we're friends, I get to call you Big Fat Stinky Butt Cheek. Hmm, yeah, thanks kids. Big Fat Stinky Butt Cheek. I'm not sure that I've programmed that in my own phone. And neither do I know how people change that. But whoever that is, whichever three of you it is, will you sort that out? Because now it would be awesome if it would just tell me the right name. But the truth is, is that technology, for as fun as it can be sometimes, is actually not all that helpful in helping us determine what's the best decision and best choices that we've sometimes got to make. You know, 
Could you imagine if there was some kind of way, maybe a series, maybe even a series of questions that you could ask you when you're faced with difficult decisions and difficult choices, that if only you could ask you this question or this series of questions that would just alleviate the stress and the tension and the anxiety of being able to make effective decisions, being able to make the best decisions, Well, if you've ever wondered about that, that's exactly what this series, Ask Me Anything, is gonna be all about. Because where you are now in life is based on the decisions and the choices that you've made previously. And in the same way, where you're gonna end up in your future is gonna be directly linked to the decisions and the choices that you make today. That's why it's so important that we make smart decisions, wise choices. And I know that some of you already are perhaps even thinking, oh, I can't believe that if where I am now is related to the choices that I've made in my past. And you're thinking, well, I've made some bad ones and I've made some errors and I've had some moments of failure along the way. I mean, here's the bottom line. You know what? Not one of us can change anything about our our past, but every single one of us can shape and move towards a better and brighter future. But it starts by making better decisions. What if we were gonna talk about today and set this whole series up by talking about one question, just one question, that if you were to ask this one question across every single time of opportunity whereby there's a decision that you need to make, every single time that you've got a choice to make in life about whether you're gonna go left, go right, buy, sell, move, stay, whatever decisions that you've gotta face, what if there was just one question that if you were to ask it, it would just bring so much relief of all the stress and the tension that comes with determining what the best quest, what the best outcome would be. I think that we would all be open to understanding what that question could be. You know, the kind of question that when we talk about it today is probably gonna make you feel the same thing that I thought. It's when you hear it, you kind of go, man, I wish that I'd have asked that question before. Man, I wished that I'd have asked that question before I started the business. I wished that I'd have asked that question before I got into that relationship. I wished that I'd have asked that question before I did that with all of our family's finances. It's the kind of question that can literally help you make better and wiser decisions in life. So we're gonna go into the New Testament and we're gonna go into the book of Ephesians Now, Ephesians was written by a guy whose name was Paul. He's often referred to as the Apostle Paul. But what's interesting is that what Paul has got to say on this particular subject is is fascinating to me because of the kind of character and nature of who Paul was. Because maybe you're in church today and you're kind of thinking, you know what, I don't really know if Christianity is for me. I don't really know if I'm interested in following the ways of Jesus Christ. I don't really know whether the whole church thing for me, and I'm not really too sure about what to make about the Bible. Well, listen, just before we go any further, can I just say firstly, we are so glad that you're in church with us today. You are most welcome. That great big sign on the wall that says about everyone means that we're about you also, non-dependent on where you are on your faith journey. But if you're the kind of person that you're sort of thinking to yourself right now, oh, are we gonna go the Bible? Because I'm not too sure what to make about that. I mean, I don't even know if I'm gonna believe in Noah's Ark. I mean, that's a big ask. I just wanna say, listen, if you're a bit of a skeptic, 
If you're a little bit like, I'm just not too sure where I, where I find myself on all of these things. Firstly, you're in great company because many of us have felt and thought exactly the same way that you are right now. But also, can I just say that the way that you're feeling, you're thinking, well, if you understood who Paul was, you would get on so, so well with him. Because the Apostle Paul, he was the biggest skeptic going. In fact, at one point of his life, the, Apostles Paul, the Apostle Paul's goal was literally to rid the planet of these Christ followers. In fact, he was so against Christianity that he went and sought out the authority of all the local council to find out whether or not he would be lawfully enabled to physically deprive Christians of their liberty and lock them up and arrest them. He'd even witnessed the stoning and been the backer, the killing, the murdering of the early followers of Christ because he so vehemently disagreed with the whole concept of this faith. He was like, no, nah, that is not for me. I am not interested in that, not one jot, not one little bit, not interested. That is not for me. And yet what you find is in just one day, I mean, not like after a series of events, just one day, not after a week, not after a month, not after a year of learning and being appraised of all the intricacies of scripture. I mean, like in one day, this apostle Paul changed his entire outlook on the Christian faith. In one day, he went from literally wanting to arrest and kill people who followed Christ to then being the biggest supporter, the greatest advocate who literally committed his entire life to traveling around his area, telling people the reasons why they too should follow Jesus Christ. So if you're the skeptic, hey, you're in great company because you'd have loved to have grabbed coffee with Paul because he was exactly the same with you. And in one day, it's like he, he switched teams. <laughs> in, in one day, it's like he just swapped sides. I mean, that would be kind of like you maybe being an Everton fan. Now, you could be the most die-hard blue-noser in Liverpool, right? I mean, like, you just, you love Everton. I mean, you've got, like, the season ticket. Your kids have got the season ticket. Your wife's even got the season ticket. You know, everything in your house is painted blue. You've even got a Tony Bellew lunchbox. It's like, you just love Everton. I mean, you wear Everton pajamas. You go to work in the, in the full Everton. Everton FC strip, even though you're a lawyer and that's not really the right, you know, clothing for the office. It's just you're that hardcore of an Everton fan. In fact, you loved Everton so much. On the day that their tin roof blew off Goodison Park, you were the guy that rolled up his sleeves and carried his ladder all across town with his blue coloured gaffer tape saying, I will fix. It. I mean, you're that hard-nosed about your love for Everton. And then literally in one day, in one moment, you have this huge change of heart. And now, wherever you go, you're telling people that you used to live in darkness, but now you've seen the light. I mean, now you're the biggest advocate of Liverpool Football Club and you've even laid it out thick to your wife. You've said, hon, unless you come on this journey with me, we are through. Like you are living in the shed forever unless you sign on for Jurgen Klopp's mighty red army. I mean, it's that kind of a transition here, right? But you know the crazy thing is, if I were to ask you honestly, like what would that take? 
for you to make that switch, you'd probably say to me, only an act of God. Only an act of God would ever make me take off the Everton pyjamas. Only an act of God. The crazy thing is, I think that's exactly what Paul would have said too. And in fact, that was exactly the reason. Because of this one moment, one encounter with the living and real God, it changed everything for him. And he literally switched sides from being the biggest skeptic to being the biggest supporter in just a small moment. So what I'm trying to say to you is this. Even if you're reluctant about the Christian faith, even if you're reluctant about the Bible, I don't want the scriptures to be a reason for that for you. I mean, sure, you're gonna come in here with tons and tons of questions, but I want you to know that that's totally okay. And in fact, at the start of this series and throughout it, we're gonna learn so much practical knowledge that's gonna help you in your everyday practical life that honestly, even if you're not a Christian, this stuff is gonna be so helpful and so beneficial for you too. So just don't write what we're gonna talk about off because of maybe your skepticism about the Bible. So here's the context of the scripture that we're gonna talk about that Paul writes in Ephesians. He's writing to this church in Ephesus and he's in chapter five, he starts to almost like commend them for the way in which they used to live in in darkness, but now they live in light. In other words, they used to not give any consideration to God, but now they do. They didn't used to follow Christ, but now they follow Christ. And that meant that they used to be in darkness, but now they're in light. They used to be cruel and mean and unkind to people, but now because they follow Christ, it's like the rules have changed for them. The game has changed. And now the responsibility is on them to show the same love, kindness, and acceptance that God our Father in heaven has shown to us. And Paul was just writing this letter saying, look, now you follow Christ, everything changes for you. Now you follow Christ, you can't be like you used to be. You can't make the same decisions and the same choices that you used to make. Now everything changes for you. So what he does in a way that's trying to be helpful to them because he understands the context of their lives and where they're living in is somewhat difficult because people weren't used to this level of truth and honesty that Paul was speaking to them about. So he tries to be helpful to them and he gives them this one question. He kind of sets them up with this question that he encourages them to ask and kind of like find out for themselves whenever they're faced with any kind of opportunity or decision or invitation, that if they were to just ask this one question, it would now help them ask it in accordance to the kingdom of light, to the kingdom of heaven, to the kingdom of God. In other words, according to the ways of God that will naturally be better for them. So this is what he writes, Ephesians 5 verse 15. He says this, Be very careful then how you live. Be careful. Be careful how you live. You know, this idea of how you live, the the language that Paul is using here could be similar to that that would be said like, be careful how you walk in life. Be careful how you journey in life. You know, sort of like being mindful of making sure you look to your left and you look to your right. Just, Just be careful as you journey through life that you just don't make silly decisions that you don't make bad choices, be careful. You know that phrase, being careful, it carries these visual connotations about like, be alert and constantly looking around you to ensure that you're not gonna fall in a pothole as you walk through your journey of life. 
Be careful that you don't get blindsided by an obstacle that maybe you didn't see coming just because you weren't being smart and choosing to be observant and look around. He's saying, look around you as you walk through life. Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. So in this verse, he starts to equate unwise, unwise decisions, unwise choices, unwise behaviours. He starts to equate being unwise with the phrase carelessness. He's saying when you're unwise, you are careless. But what he says is this, it's like if you're going to live life in an unwise way, it's when you end up being careless. And when you're careless, it typically is as a result of us making decisions that are based more about the moment than any of our future hopes, dreams, and plans. You're careless when you make choices and decisions that are kind of based upon, well, what feels good for me now? You know, uh, well, whatever. We're not considerate of the consequences. We're not worried about what might happen tomorrow as a result of the decisions that I'm making today. And Paul's kind of saying, you know, when you do that, when you be careless in that way, you're actually making a really unwise decision. He goes on, verse 16. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So now all of a sudden, Paul starts to introduce this framework, this idea of time being this incredibly valuable asset. He's kind of saying, listen, there are tons of things in life that you can totally get back, but you cannot get back time. I mean, time is so important that you've got to be careful about what you do with your time. Like spend your time wisely. Make the best decisions that you can in the time that you have available for you because you cannot get your time back. It's the most important and most valuable asset that you're going to have, your time. So be wise with your time. And he says, doesn't he, because the days, and I'm sure he was writing it with a voice like this, he says, because the days are evil. He's almost trying to say, look, guys, you, you know this. You don't need me to tell you this. But he's kind of like just referencing the fact that the way that culture is, the way that the society is going right now, he was saying, if you were not to be intentional about the decisions you make in the time that you have available to you, because of culture, because of society, it would be the same as you just kind of lifting up your feet and you'll find that you'll coast through life and end up at a place that you've never made a decision to go to because you just get carried by the culture and the current of our society. He was saying, look, you know what it's like. Time is short. You're not going to get tons of it. And the days are evil. He's like, you know, if you don't make a wise choice, you're just going to be carried through with the current culture of whatever it might be. You'll just end up in the current culture financially like everybody else, unless you make wise choices about how you handle your money. You'll end up in the same place relationally, which is a place that you never wanted to end up in if you don't make wise choices because the current relational flow will take you there without you even meaning to get there. He was saying you've got to be smart with your time because you know this, you know the way that culture will just take you places that actually, if you thought about it in advance, you'd never choose to go there. But then he says this thing that is so specific to Christians. 
Then he says this thing that he's kind of like just flagging up to those of us that say now like, yeah, I follow Christ, I'm a Christian. And this is where that if you follow Christ too, this is where you've totally got to listen up because this is not like, you know, a bit of a hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of thing that Paul's saying. He's, he's, it's instructional in its tone. He's saying, you've got to do this, guys. Like if you follow Christ, you've got to do this. But the good news is that if you don't follow Christ and you're just like, nah, that's not me, then you get off scot-free right now for the next couple of moments. So this is the right time and opportunity that if you wanna grab your phone out, jump on Facebook, maybe you can even send that girl a message that sat next to you saying, I like you, Jenny. You can do whatever it is that you wanna do right now because this really is for those of us that follow Christ because this is what he says in verse 17. He says, therefore... Meaning, in light of your time being limited, therefore, in light of the fact that culture will carry you to a place that you don't want to end up in unless you make some smart choices, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now he's saying, look, if you follow Christ, don't be foolish, but understand for you not like for your friend or your family or your husband or your wife, but you have to understand what God's will is for you. <laughs> and it was almost like Paul was saying this in such a way, kind of like knowing what we're all like, because maybe he was the same. He was saying it in such a way that it kind of comes across like he was saying, hey, look, guys, look, now you follow Christ, stop looking for loopholes. You know, like trying to only do the bare minimum, trying to like follow Christ in such a way by only doing what you have to, not necessarily what you should do. He was kind of saying, stop looking for loopholes. We're all the same, right? We're trying to figure out what can we get away with and we're more focused on that than what we should actually be doing. He was saying, no, no, don't live your life like that, looking for loopholes, trying to like only do your small part and never engage in the bigger picture. He's like, you need to find out what God's will is for your life in its fullness, in its entirety. You know, I've highlighted in caps lock that word but there because there are two words and they're used interchangeably by Paul and one of them references kind of like a, like a small, insignificant kind of but, but the other word that he uses is like a big fat but. And when there's a big fat but in there that Paul uses like he does in Ephesians, it's kind of one of those moments where you, you've just got to listen up because what he was actually saying when he was like, but understand, he was going, look, face up to the fact that you know what is right and what is wrong. Like, you know. He's like going, but you already know this. So just do it. Like, you don't need sometimes to work to the bare minimum all the time and try and establish, well, what can we get away with doing? What might we, you know, be easier for us? He's like, no, no, don't do this. Like, you know. So face up to what God wants you to do in your life. Face up to the call that God's put on your life. In other words, quit talking yourselves out of things that you know already that you should be doing. Like, don't do that. Don't look for loopholes. He's saying, look, quit making all of the excuses. He's like, look, if you're the extrovert that always wants to talk to everybody about the decisions that you're making and argue your way through and rally road people who are around you because you think what you're doing is right and it doesn't matter what anybody else says, anybody else says, even though it may be considerably wrong, if you're that kind of, what your wiring is like, I'm just gonna tell everybody what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna tell everybody what I think. He's like, no, no, don't be that guy. Like, 
like, you know what's right and what's wrong. So find out for you what God wants you to do. But the central part of that whole verse that I want to just hone in on is that part where he starts in verse 15 and he says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Because it's in this moment that Paul gives us great insight about exactly what we should all do every single time we're faced with a decision that we've got to make a call on, that we've got to make a shout on, and we just don't feel like we know what's best. He was saying, look, you can spend all of your life trying to ask somebody else to help you figure out what's going to be best for you to do. But, but he was like, no, no, don't do it that way. Because there's a question that you can ask you that when you've got a choice, when you've got a decision, when you need to figure out what am I going to do with my finances? Where am I going to serve in the church? What relationship am I going to handle in what kind of way? How am I going to get out of this? How am I going to get into that? He's saying, look, there is a way, there is a litmus test that you can apply to every decision-making moment that will help you make the best decisions now and for everything that comes up on your walk in life. He was saying, and look, it's not what everybody else is doing. The best decision and the best choice that you can make is not about what everybody else thinks. It's not doing what will make you feel good in the moment because there are many things that you can do in the moment that actually are really bad for you when you consider the long-term effects of that. He's saying, look, it's not about you doing what you can get away with. He was saying the litmus test, the question that if you would just ask this question about your job, about your career, about your money, about your sex life, about your finances, about your relationships, about your college, about your university, if you just ask this one question, it would help you so much. So the question is this. What is the wise thing to do? Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. What's the wise thing to do? When you're faced with a choice, that is the question that you have to now start asking you. What's the wise thing to do? But it's not just as broad as that. I think that there are three components that we've got to break that question down to. And I want to do that right now to, to help give real clarity about how this question is going to be so effective for every single one of us. So the first thing you've got to ask is this, in light of my past, what's the wise thing for you to do? In light of my past, what's the wise thing for you to do? You see, your past is not my past. There are going to be certain things that are going to be totally okay for me to do that if you were to do the same thing, it would be detrimental for you. It wouldn't work out well for you because you've got a different past to me. You've got a different context of your life. And in the same way, if I were to do some of the things that would be no issue or no problem to you, it would work out adversely and go against me in my life because we've got a different past. So sometimes when you've got a decision to make, you have to understand for yourself, in light of your past, what's the wise thing for you to do? Because, you know, what happened the last time you decided to go? I mean, what happened the last time you went there? 
What happened the last time that you snuck out? What were the consequences then? What happened? Was it good or was it bad? What happened the last time that you stayed the night? What happened the last time that you got hung over? What happened the last time when you did this, when you did that? And it's gonna be different for every single one of us, but it's the same thing because sometimes what we think in life is that we can do the same thing all of the time and that somehow it's gonna give us some different kind of result at the end. And it just doesn't happen. In fact, when you ask this question, it gives so much clarity to the fact that so many people often repeat the same mistakes in life all of the time. Like they get on this cycle of just moving from one bad financial decision to the next bad financial decision, to the next failing financial decision. It's because they're doing the same thing all of the time. You end up in one unhealthy and toxic, destructive relationship to go into another unhealthy and toxic and destructive relationship because we do the same thing, hoping that somehow it's gonna give us some different kind of result. And Paul was going, no, no, just ask this question. In light of your past, what's the wise thing for you to do? Because what we think, we think that we can manage results. We think that it's okay for us to maybe make the same decision that we've previously experienced failure in before and then be like, no, no, honey, it's okay. This time it's gonna be totally different. You know, mom, dad, honestly, you don't know what you're talking about this time. It's not really the same, it's totally different. It's not gonna end that way again. And it's like, no, it's not because you and I, we can't manage results. So in light of that, Paul's saying like, don't be stupid. Don't be unwise, don't be foolish, don't lie to yourself and think that you can do the same thing as you've always done and somehow end up in a different or better place in life. Don't think that you can travel on a different journey to the place where you wanna end up at and still somehow arrive there. He was like, no, ask yourself the question. In light of your past, what's the wise thing to do? What happened the last time she called and you called her back? What happened the last time that you were that wound up and you went into the meeting all tense and stressed out? Like, in light of your past, and you know you, what's the wise thing to do? But there are three parts, and the second part would be this. In light of my current circumstances, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my current circumstances, what's the wise thing to do? I mean, everybody's current circumstances are gonna be different, right? But but imagine if you've just got married, your current circumstances are one now of learning to like live together, be together, do life together. So in light of your current set of circumstances, what would be the wise thing to do? Because it might not be doing what you've always done. I mean, it used to be totally okay for you to go and hang out with the boys and go missing for three days and it was carnage and it was awesome. But now you're married, it's like, no, like this is a problem. So in light of your current circumstances, what's the wise thing for you to do? I mean, maybe relationally, you've been through a really difficult and tough relational season. I mean, maybe it just ended in a way that you hadn't seen coming and everything just feels to you like the wheel fell off and maybe there was a divorce and the settlement was just awkward and it was hard and now you're hurt. But at the same time as you're feeling hurt and broken, now you're thinking, well, I'm gonna jump into another relationship. But at the same time, it's like, you know that emotionally you're really fragile right now. You know that in your own thinking, you're not as strong as you normally are. It's like, well, what's the wise thing 
thing to do in light of your current relational season? Is it the best thing for you to jump into that now while you're still only coming out of your current mess? It's like in light of your current situation, what's the wise thing to do? Maybe you're in your third and final year at university and year one was a blast and year two was just tough and it didn't really end the way that you'd have hoped and the exam papers when they came back weren't what you'd have expected you to get but now you're in the third year and you're feeling like, man, I've just got to pull my socks up, I've got to get this right, I've got to make sure I make this year count and the truth is it was totally okay for you previously to go on holiday and do the thing and be with those guys all of the time but now in light of your current circumstances? What's the wise thing for you to do? What's the smart thing for you to do? And you know what's frustrating? Like, doesn't it just bring such clarity when we're trying to figure out what's the best thing for us to do with certain decisions and choices that we have to make when we start to ask ourselves this question? What's the wise thing to do in light of your current circumstances? But the third and final part is this. In light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? Paul's going, look, you've got to make wise choices. You've got to make wise decisions, but this is how you do it. You do it by not being unwise, but by being wise. He was going, look, Think about what you want for your future. Think about where you want to end up. Think about where you want to be. Think about where you want to go. Think about how you're going to get there. And then make decisions and choices based upon where you want to go in life. Because here's the thing, you hang out with some people now and you've got friends like this, you've got family members like this that don't have visions about what they're going to do and what they're going to achieve and what they're going to accomplish. They haven't got the same aspirations, but you have. You've got goals, you've got dreams, you've got visions about who you can be and the success that you wanna make of your entire life. So in light of that, don't sacrifice what you want most over what you want now. Ask yourself this question, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wisest thing for me to do? You wanna finish and end well with her? then make the wise decision now based on what you want in your future. You wanna live long and happy with Him? Well, make the wise decision now based on what you're hoping for. You wanna end up somewhere better professionally or financially, relationally, whatever it is that you wanna achieve and accomplish in life tomorrow, it starts based upon the decisions and the choices that you make today. And it's not about someone else's dreams. It's about you making the right moves, the right choices, based on what you dream of becoming. What do you wanna achieve in your future? What do you wanna succeed at? And then when you know that, whatever choices, whatever decisions that you've gotta make, just make them considering where you want to end up. You know, in closing, let me say this. If we were to be totally honest, and this is gonna frustrate you in the same way that it frustrated me just throughout the weeks of preparing for this talk. It's kind of like when, when you look at what Paul says in Ephesians and then try and apply that to your life. I mean, let me ask this honest question. How different would your life be right now if you had been asking this question in the decades that have been before you? I mean, maybe you wouldn't have ended up in the same place that you currently are financially. 
Maybe you wouldn't have ended up in the same place that you are now in the business or in the relationship or in your parenting with your children. It's like if we'd have just asked this question. But here's the thing that I know. Nobody ever plans to screw their life up. It's just that we don't plan not to. Nobody ever gets married thinking, I can't wait until this thing becomes carnage ridden and this thing collapses. This is gonna be awesome the day that I get divorced. Nobody ever starts out on that journey, right? Nobody ever goes into business thinking, oh, I can't wait until I go bust. I can't wait until I've got zero cash flow so I can't pay the bills. Nobody ever does that, right? Nobody ever starts the career thinking, wow, in 35 years time, I'm gonna be so happy that this is a dead end job. Nobody goes into anything thinking like that. And the problem is, is that we often, we don't plan not to screw things up. We don't plan for that. And what Paul is saying is you can avoid so much pain, so much heartache, so much stress. You'll have so less tears if you would just ask this question. So this is what I want you to do. Just over the next week, just as like a game, just as an exercise, just just between you and nobody else. This is what I want you to do this week. Every single time that you're faced with a decision or a choice that you've got to make, will you ask yourself the question, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my past, in light of my current circumstances, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? Now, I don't want you to do anything, right? You don't have to act on it. You don't have to like follow through on this. No, 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 that's way too much. I'm not asking any of that from you. I'm just saying, will you just ask yourself the question so at least you know what a wise guy would do. At least you know what a wise person would do. And then, you know, if you're anything like me, you know what you find is when you start to ask that question of yourself, this is so annoying, especially for those of you who've still got parents that are around, is when you ask this question, it's kind of like when you give yourself the answer about what's the wise thing to do, you know what you hear in your own head? You hear like your mum and dad talking. It's like, wow, that's what they were saying. Or you hear your wife talking, saying like, I knew we should have done it that way, or you chose to do it that way. It's like, it brings you so much clarity when you just choose to ask this question. And whether you act on it, well, that's down to you. You don't need me telling you what to do. You don't need me trying to control your life. And I don't want the pressure of that either. That's not what I want for you. I just want you this week to ask this question across every opportunity and every decision and everything that comes across your pathway in life. What's the wise thing for you to do? Church, let's stand to our feet. Let's pray. 